Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Public Sector Marketing Show. I recently read a study by Sprout Social and they analysed the social networks of government and public sector and business agencies, in fact over a thousand. So they looked at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Their findings said, and it's a 2016 study, that the most annoying organisations on social are government and public sector. Well in this episode I'm here to dispel that myth five years on. Also coming up on the show, I tell you why government and public sector won over citizens on social during COVID-19. Some tips on how to excite, engage and tell the stories that you need to tell and to be taken on board by the public. And finally, I talk to Bobby Barber, who's communications manager with Awalia, the government's free mortgage arrear service, and also from MABS, the money advice and budgeting service. So stay tuned. In today's column, I want to put it to you that government and public sector won over the public and they won on social media in 2020. Why? Well, number one, they had the biggest conversions of all organizations on social, in my opinion, and that being trust. You see, in 2020, COVID-19 came into our world and it became part of our everyday as we cocooned, as we self-isolated and as we social distanced. And there was one voice that we wanted to hear from every day, and that was from our public health leaders and our governments to understand what they were going to do for us. They took to social media and we continued to consume social media. In fact, our activity and our time spent increased by an hour a day. They really stepped up to the challenge. All in-person activity was gone. They had to become more agile and become more relevant to us as we sought out the truth. That was another battleground that they had to win. The one about truth. There was a lot of conspiracy theorists there, a lot of anti-maskers, anti-vax community, those that believed that there were other reasons why government and public sector were asking us to stay at home. I believe that during 2020, we actually saw a sector of society that heretofore was very conservative and was risk averse, put that to one side and to truly put the citizen at the centre of their communications. And how did they do it? They did it by fully embracing digital and fully embracing social media and really looking to where their audiences were navigating for that information. Overnight, they turned on live chat on websites. Overnight, they turned on messaging direct messaging within Facebook, within Instagram. Overnight, they launched public information campaigns with traditional media, but that were integrated and that were omni-channel and also omni-device. And overnight, they broadcast to us using the power of live streaming and simulcasting. So simultaneously broadcasting press conferences to the people, no matter where we were online. So that's why I believe 
that in 2020 and continuing now into 2021, that government and public sector brands are the top brands that are now commanding share of social voice on social media and other digital platforms. I, for one, hope that that continues and also their level of activity increases when hopefully we get back to some normality when our nations and our citizens are actually vaccinated. So going back to the 2016 study by Sprout Social, we it was a very different time. We looked to brands for information to engage us, for offers. But in 2020, our thinking has shifted. And what we're looking for in social media is meaning, meaningful conversation and meaningful action and direction by government and public sector. So if you're working in that industry and if you're on the front line of social media, thank you and well done. And I look forward to hopefully having you on this show as a case study. Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. So how can you get to the top of the social media leaderboard? If you're a social media manager in government and public sector, then keep listening and watching. Before I get into my tips and tricks, I want to tell you about two studies that prove that government and public sector are commanding share of social voice online in 2020 and in 2021. The first report is a global study by Social Insider, and I'll link it in the show notes to this episode. And that has a look at over 20 verticals, 20 sectors in business and in nonprofit and in public sector and media right across the world. And what they've been able to do is they've been able to get the benchmark engagement rates for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram right across all of those verticals. And what you will see when you deep dive into government and into NGOs, you will see that they're outliers compared to the private sector because their engagement rates are higher in the main. Then I want to take you to my study that you've heard me talk about frequently, the State of Social Media and the Public Sector Report, also published in 2020. And I have been able to compare my engagement rates from the Irish sample of 520 organisations alongside Social Insider's report and then comparing it to the private sector. And yes, indeed, government and public sector are high performing right now on social media. So how can you get to the top? Well, let me give you some tips and tricks. The first thing that you need to remember is that when you're posting on social, you need to give value. Don't think about it as a box checking exercise and getting a task done for the day. Really think about the valuable information that you're giving to a citizen that they're likely not to hear anywhere else. And that's why they'll continue time and time again, not just to follow you or engage with you, but to share your content. Secondly, I would suggest that you should break news on social. Increasingly, we're seeing journalists doing that, making Twitter the digital first platform for breaking news and even breaking news there before it even gets to their publication, their TV station, or even their, their radio channel. So thinking about Twitter for digital PR and breaking news there first. 
We are hearing a lot about the rise of TikTok in 2021, also Instagram, and then we have the introduction of Clubhouse. But you've got to ask yourself, you know, do we have the capacity to be in all these places? And I always get asked, Joanne, what social network should we prioritize? My answer back to you is quite simply, you need to be where your audience is. You can't really make these decisions around social media strategically about you mostly you have to be where the audience is so i was engaged in a webinar recently and i had somebody from local government in the uk um saying joanne where should we prioritize our time we don't have a lot of capacity but we're really really keen to ensure that we ha are engaging with with citizens in our locality and quite simply i said Facebook is the local newspaper and the local radio station combined, but then we have an increasingly growth in audience segments going to Instagram where they're really looking for speech and visual content. So for, for them, I advise Facebook and Instagram. So follow where your audience is. The next thing that I want you to, to do is, and it sounds quite obvious, um, speak like a human. You know, we, we understand that while we're at work, we need to be professional. But social is a conversation. It's between two organizations or, or two people or indeed a mass population. But please speak like a human and don't speak like a robot. The other expectation that the public have right now is around social customer service. Now, I know you're not selling a product, uh, but you do have a public service that people need to engage in. And there is an expectation among the public that they can message you, DM you, PM you, ask you a question and get a response. Now, you may not be set up for social customer service right now, but it's certainly something that you want to be planning in 2021. You've probably heard me talk before about Just Like Me content. What that means is that when you're trying to engage the public, a certain target audience, when you create Just Like Me content, it means that they can see themselves in your story. That is a super power. And a great way to do that is to create case studies. So tell stories of citizens that reflect a certain demographic in your social media, and that will definitely raise your engagement and your reach. Producing visual content is absolutely vital. Back in 2005, it was mainly text. Then it grew into photographs and visual, but visual content in 2021 means something very different. It means video, it means epic video, it means TikTok style video, it means carousels, it means stories. You really have to work on content format in 2021 because visual and aesthetically pleasing content is gonna help with engagement and reach. Social media is a very competitive landscape and it is very difficult to get your content seen by those who need to see it and in real time. One of the hacks and one of the tips that I can give you is tap into social media trends. What is happening now where algorithms are giving you a natural and an organic uplift? A couple of those are perhaps being an early adopter with Clubhouse, a speech content-led social network. What about embracing Reels, the direct competitor to TikTok? And of course, Instagram wants you to use their Reel platform as opposed to sharing TikTok videos there. Also, going live is a guaranteed way in order to increase reach and engagement. So there's very many things that you can do as a social media manager to increase reach and engagement. Take some of my advice 
put it into action and let me know if it has worked for you. I'm delighted to have Bobby Barber on today's episode and what Bobby is going to do in this interview is really bring together all of the messages that I've been sharing about the importance of government and public sector on social media, how agile they have been during COVID-19. And when you step up to the plate of social media, the public will respond positively. But Bobby is communications manager for Awalia, the free mortgage arrears support service, and more recently, MABS, the state's money advice and budgeting service. Before working in Citizens Information Board, Bobby worked in marketing, sales and merchandising for over 12 years with Marks and Spencer. So he's come from private sector into public sector, and that's why he's got a great perspective. Bobby has read a BSE in marketing and agriculture before a BA in photographic media a few years later. He has a PGD in digital marketing and recently completed our own diploma in digital communications for government and public sector. You will really enjoy this interview. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Bobby Barber, who is communications manager with Awalia and MABS based at Citizens Information Board. Bobby, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Joanne. Great to be here. So we've spoken at length off camera, of course, about the power of digital communications and social media for government and public sector. But first of all, um, I want to introduce you and your background to our viewers and our listeners. Now, you transition from private sector to public sector. Give us a, give us a little bit about your, your own background. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my original marketing degree uh, almost 20 years ago at this stage, giving away, my, giving away my age, probably more than 20 years ago, if I'm being, being honest, uh, you know, it was very traditional from the point of view. It didn't include any kind of digital marketing. I think um, websites were only really um, starting to make a, an impact from the point of view of having information that you could share with a broad audience. Um, when it came to, uh, you know, learning about digital marketing and the likes, then obviously there was a bit of a transition, even in my private sector background. Um, in, in digital marketing, in marketing in general, in private sector, I was Marks and Spencer. It is, um, you know, I suppose it's, it's, a, it's an interesting and can be a very uh, exciting industry because of the fact that there's a sort of a permission in some respects to be a little bit daring, if I, if I can use that word, or a little bit just thinking outside the box. Um, and, and one of the biggest transitions that I realised when I came to the public sector is that obviously, and, and understandably, there's a need to ensure that you're not as, I suppose, reactive without thinking about how you're going to respond to a query or to a question, or even to a post, say, on, on social media in general. There is, understandably, a need to stop for a moment and to pay attention to what it is that your community is asking you. So maybe that was, I would say, the biggest transition was just to get into that mindset, to get to that moment of, hold on, just think for a moment, what is it that you're being asked? How do you respond then? Because you're, you're responding not just to an individual that's asking a question, but you're actually responding to all of the people that were maybe afraid to ask that question or to all of the people that are just 
going through their newsfeed and they'll see a question asked and how it was responded to. So I suppose that is probably, that was one of the biggest transitions. And I I, I suppose in my private sector uh, life, I had maybe a little bit more autonomy in what it is that I was uh, doing on a daily basis. But now I suppose there are just checks and balances, again, understandably, and for good reason, but checks and balances in place. And it was just, again, just trying to get my mindset uh, and my process and ways of working to ensure that I kind of conf- uh, abided by those kind of uh, uh, guidance and guidelines. Is there a sense for you personally, professionally, that there's something more about doing digital marketing in the public interest as opposed to a commercial entity? Did, did, does that kind of sit differently with you? Yeah, great question. I think the value um, the the measurement of the value, I suppose, is very different. Uh, the reward is very different as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking again of, of my private sector. It was driven by sales. There was a necess- necessity to um, reach KPIs, and the KPIs were quite clearly defined in the number of sales that were uh, delivered as a result of a campaign or the growth of a particular product or if it was a new product that was launched. It was how well it was received, how well did it sell, did it sell out, did it do well, what were the actions that you had to put in place in order to drive the uh, the selling. And it, it was all defined by that measurement. When it comes to public sector and communications within a public sector and digital marketing um, specifically, it's about the broader value of what it is that you are providing. It's difficult to measure, um, but when you get a good reaction to what it is that you're putting out there and how you're responding to a query or just sharing information that you know that is going to be beneficial to your end, your customer, your your, your community, um, is reward. Um, it's just trying to define, it's trying to understand how do you measure that. Uh, and understanding that it's broader than just uh, a number. It's it's the value that you're creating for your community. And we'll get to measurement in a bit. But before yeah. we do, we can't really have this conversation without talking about the impact of COVID-19 and how you guys transitioned in 2020 from late March to, to early April. Take us back to those months and into your day job with your team, what was happening on the front line of social and digital for you guys? So at the beginning of 2020, um, we had set in in motion a strategy for the year uh, to identify how we were going to roll out social media across MABS. Um, MABS as an organisation, over 60 offices nationwide, uh, back in the early 2020s when um, everything, if you like, was normal from the point of view of being able to interact face-to-face. Uh, people could drop into the offices, they could pick up the phone, organise an appointment. The usual of what we you know, what we knew to be uh, normal back at the beginning of 2020. The um, When COVID hit then, our model changed quite fundamentally in that the three channels that we were offering, which were the office, the walk-in service, the helpline, and the maps.ie website, uh, 
we we had to we had to pivot. We had to change how we were offering those particular ways to get out to our community. The website was still there, the helpline was still there, but one of the big parts of our business model, the face-to-face opportunity for people to come in and speak directly with a money advisor was cut off um, as a result, obviously, of the health guidelines and, and the public, uh, public health guidelines were put in place. MABS had to review how they were offering that walk-in service and, and effectively stop it for the reasons of, of we all know at this stage to, to try and flatten the curve, to, to curb the spread of the disease itself. Understanding that then, we knew that we had to think about what, what we were going to offer, what we were going to put in place that was going to allow our community to get in touch with MABS. So we understood that the plans that we were looking at setting in place for our social media offering needed to be ramped up. We needed to do it very, very quickly. So pretty much overnight, we decided right, we were going to uh, launch a national MABS Facebook page, a national MABS Twitter account, and a national MABS uh, Instagram uh, uh, page as well. We did that. Uh, it meant that we were able to get information out then directly into the hands of our community. It meant that we were able to update them on the fact that MABS was still open, that it wasn't closed, that it is a an essential service and continues to be an essential service, and that it's open and that people, if they need to get in touch, this is how they can do that. Uh, the, my, my colleagues across the offices, they set up the opportunity then to do face, uh, face-to-face through Zoom, um, to, do, to offer what they offer uh, from the point of view of consultations with money advisors over the likes of Zoom. We also, on our website, understanding that that was one of our other main channels, we switched on a news feed. And on that news feed, we were able to, it was a COVID-specific news feed. So any announcements that the government were making from the point of view of supports, or even um, the likes of one that pops into my mind is the um, CRU, which is the uh, Commission for Regulation of Utilities in Ireland. They announced that there was going to be a an embargo or a uh, restriction on people being cut off from their utilities or electricity, their gas, um, for a period of time. And we were able to put that up on our website. We were able to put it up onto the COVID news feed and again inform our community. So we we, we, we identified the, the touch points that we had in place currently. Uh, how could we adapt and pivot those? Um, and as well as that, we looked at additional touch points through social media um, to get a message out there to our community. The other thing we did on our website is we switched on um, a messenger. So a live chat or an online chat facility on our website that meant that our community could actually speak with a money advisor where they were. So if they're at home, um, if they're in a situation where they're having to all of a sudden work from home, um, difficult to pick up the phone sometimes to have a conversation with the money advisor. You can use your phone, have a conversation through chat uh, in the palm of your hand, which was more private, but as well as that, it meant that the person that needed the help could do it in their time. So it's a 24-hour 7 uh, service from the point of view of it's always on the website, but then a money advisor will provide the advice, the support, and the answer to the particular query during the working hours. You know what I mean? And we have it set up in such a way that there is an automatic message that alerts the person 
to the fact that we are either open from that point of view or if you like trading at that particular time or we will be uh, able to respond the next working day. So, so they're kind of to be the main. So that transition was very fast. You mentioned previously that in public sectors, as I completely understand that it's more cautious and conservative and considered. Yes. This swift change would that have been the norm or was this a pure public interest immediate response to a crisis that being the pandemic i think it's it's part of the culture of citizens information board i have to say we are we understand that obviously it's in the title of the organization in that is the citizens information board and the one of the main uh products, if you like, uh, or services that Citizens Information Board funds is citizensinformation.ie. And it is that I'm sure many of the viewers here today will be very, very familiar with that website and how important it is to get information out to people in a very timely, but as well as that, in a a, a way or a, a delivery method that's easy to consume, that people understand um, and that it, they can trust. Um, so I think it's definitely something that's in the culture, within the culture of CIB. And I was able to capitalize on that. I was able to, you know, speak with the CEO, speak with my um, manager, explain what it is that we wanted to do. Thankfully, we had started the process early in the year anyway, because it was something we were planning to do. <clears throat> Pardon me. It just meant that we had to ramp it up. So we had a certain amount of the groundwork done. Um, but as a result, I suppose, of the immediacy of what we needed to do, then we were we were given the permission uh, and we were trusted to actually uh, roll it out. We made a few mistakes along the way, but we made sure that the mistakes that we learned, we rectified them uh, and, and did what we could to make sure they wouldn't happen again. Um, but we have, we you know, and as a result of that, we've built processes into what we do. Um, you know, there's... there's uh, there's just a process of signing things off, like my uh, content, um, my uh, marketing officer on my team uh, responsible for content will form, create content, uh, will si- I'll, I'll sign it off. If we need technical support, then we have um, colleagues in MABS or uh, in other parts of the organization that we can get um, the technical uh, sign off that is required. So, yeah. And, you know, you learn by doing um, your strategy served you well. You had that in place. You had a vision for the year. But also you mentioned the culture within the Citizens Information Board as being key. And then introducing processes. You're you're kind of hitting on all the, the best practice points, Bobby. And that's why I love speaking to you. But you. going back to your point earlier about measuring success. Well, you know, I did that, right? So I did it with the state of social media and the public sector report in late 2020. And for viewers and listeners who might not have come across the report, within their category, family, citizen rights and housing, and overall among over 500 organizations, the social media performance of citizens information, of MABS, the Money Advice and Budgeting Service, and a wallet that provides support and advice on mortgage arrears, actually topped Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So Bobby, it's it's no accident that these results are what they are, and not only within your sector, within public sector, 
but overall within the broad, uh, all governments, local governments, education, health, etc. You guys sat at the top. Um, and I say it's no accident because I, I listened to you and you talk about processes, you talk about strategy, you talk about culture, you talk about agility, you talk about the public interest. Um, for me, you know, as an external subject matter expert, they are the ingredients for success. When you got your hands on a copy of this report, was it any surprise to, to you and your and, and your colleagues? It's always a surprise, I suppose. It always, you know, you, we knew we put the work in, and my colleagues in uh, that look after, and I think we were talking about this previously, but in citizensinformation.ie, you know, they they put in a lot of work um, to ensure that they were keeping on top of the changes, the, the constant changes that were announced by government um, and, and the different supports and, and uh, I suppose, yeah, that they were putting in place uh, and tend to put them in place last minute. The processes that, that the information resources team have meant that they could be that agile. Um, on my own side, on MABS and, and Avalia, again, we have processes in place uh, to ensure that we are listening to what it is that our clients, our customers are looking for. Um, and we try to react to them then. Um, and, and we know that we put in the, the effort and we put in the time to do that. So, you know, to, to be talked, if you like, on the on the, the MABs achieving the, the best Facebook engagement uh, was fantastic. It was really, I suppose, in one respect, it was recognition um, and an honour to be recognised for the hard work that, the team have put in to achieving that. Um, so yeah, it was great to be able to, to sort of say that, yes, we've, we've done that. And again, it's nice to be able to, to celebrate those kind of things within the organization, because as well as that, it, uh, it helps the organization understand that, yeah, we're on the right track yeah. um, and we're doing the right thing for our community. Um, and it just helps to solidify that, yeah, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Um, so, yeah. So social You've kind of nailed, right? It's ever-changing. It, the hard work doesn't stop. Yeah. But you also command search. Um, you go to Google anything in Ireland around public services, and it's not very often that the citizensinformation.ie website is not at the top or a walia in relation to mortgage arrears or MABs in relation to, to money and budgeting advice. You've always taken um, a very strong approach and prioritised search and web content, I think, before even many other government and public sector agencies. Is it fair to say you guys were, were early adopters? Yeah, I think so. The, the team um, and the organisation have, again, I suppose, is back to processes. Um, for me, I've, it kind of, it, it's down to what I call the three C's. I know you like your, your three S's, for instance, <laughs> but I like my three C's. And when it comes to the three C's, I talk about customer or our community content and consistency. Um, and, I, and the reason I put con, uh, the reason I put customer always number one is that there is absolutely no, absolutely no point in creating content if it's not what your customer is looking for. Um, if you're creating the content that your customer is looking for, if you're not doing it consistently, well, then you're, you're really at nothing. You're not at the races, so to speak. So if you know what it is that your customer is looking for, and I think you would actually, um, you had a YouTube uh, update there a couple of weeks ago about 
um, social listening, for instance, when it comes to, and it's social listening is something that is done in the private sector massively and the public sector is coming around to it. And there's this kind of, you know, there's a misunderstanding as to what social listening is. And I think you address it very well within your update. Uh, it is just about knowing what your customer is looking for, being part of the conversation um, and just paying attention to what it is that they want. If you know that, then you can create the content. And if you can create the content in a way that is follows consistent a consistent approach, if it um, is laid out in such a way that it's easy to consume, um, if it's following uh, plain English um, guidelines from the point of view of it just being useful and easy to understand, then you're, you're creating content that your customer wants. And if you can do it on a consistent basis, then you build trust and you build authority. Um, and they're the kind of things that Google look for. When it comes to search, definitely they want trust. They want uh, uh, consistency and they want... Um, something that is going to be uh, out there and, and, and providing value. Um, there are obviously all the technical SEO bits that you could talk about and we could go on forever about those. But when it comes to the actual content itself, what it is that Facebook is or Google is looking for from a search point of view, it's, it's the quality of the content. So looking ahead then to, to 2021 and some emerging trends in, in the digital space, um, I think you guys are are really at the centre of trying to curb the spread of disinformation. But what are your thoughts on TikTok-style video and the introduction of Reels, which are essentially a copy of TikTok, into Instagram? Do you think that you're going to dip your toe in the TikTok or the, the Reels uh, water this year? Uh, probably not this year, but definitely something we might look at next year. I think Reels has made it a little bit more accessible for public sector. TikTok, and I know within your report you had mentioned that TikTok is something that is growing. Um, I suppose TikTok has quite a specific audience. Um, trying to understand whether it is for our particular audience, it, it, uh, it is, is yet to be determined, I suppose, and we'll do certain research in order to ensure that, again, we're looking at what it is our customers looking for. Um, video, every year it seems that this is the year of video. Every year they, they say, oh, this is this is video's year kind of thing. Reels, TikTok have um, provided a platform and an opportunity now to allow for that short, short form video production, that for short form content. Uh, I suppose when it comes to public sector, it's trying to make sure that it's done tastefully uh, so that it represents the brand value, but as well as that, it represents what it is that your end customer is looking for and that you're not doing it for the sake of doing it, that you're actually doing it for value and to create value for your, for your end customer. So probably not this year to answer your question, but something maybe for next year. We have other ideas when it comes to video for this year that we're, we're going to try and develop and, and then uh, take it hopefully to the next level next year. So finally, Bobby, and to, to wrap up this conversation, what advice would you give to your public sector pro peers who, who are really looking at, at you and your colleagues, Awalia, Mabs and Citizen Information Board as being leaders 
in this sector, you know, they, they look to you uh, for, for guidance. They'll be listening to um, this interview, but maybe they're feeling overwhelmed about all the channels. They're feeling overwhelmed about the time it takes to create content. And maybe they don't have a large team. What's your advice? Yeah, great question. Um, and overwhelm is definitely something that uh, a lot of my colleagues and even just um, people that I would talk talk to outside of uh, my working life um, would would uh, would mention. Start small. Um, one thing that when it came to Awalia, when we originally launched our Awalia social channels, and, and Awalia was kind of the first uh, dip of our toes, so to speak in the social media landscape. We started with Facebook, uh, understanding that Facebook was the biggest uh, social media um, channel at the time. It was the channel that was most aligned to our particular audience. Um, and it gave us an opportunity to get a message out there. We started with that and then we built on that. We built up Twitter. Uh, we built then on the Instagram. Um, we're, we're looking at YouTube this year to kind of build that on. So start small. Don't try and do everything because as the old adage says, if you go and try everything, you'll achieve nothing. So, you know, that's that kind of focus on developing your skills, developing what it is that you're trying to do in one particular area and then build on that. I think I'm not sure if people have ever heard of the concept of the skyscraper concept so that you build a skyscraper you, you review how you've built that skyscraper and then you go to build the next skyscraper that will be slightly bigger beside it kind of effort. So it's, it's about trying to, uh, what's this I say? Do, redo, iterate, redo. And it's just taking learning, take the, uh, learn from your, your mistakes or learn from what works and what doesn't and then move on to, to, to make that uh, even better the next, the next channel or the next time around. Trust. Um, one thing that I'm very lucky to have is uh, trust within my team and within my my manager. He trusts us to to do what we know is the right thing to do. But as well as that, developing trust with your audience. Um, listen to what it is that they're looking for. Understand what value looks like for them. Um, and if you can do that, and if you can create content that will serve their requirements then you will build trust with them um and yeah i think uh, that's that's kind of the main bits of advice i suppose i would give to people uh starting out one last bit i suppose and when it comes to to public sector is fear so try and and not to be afraid um mistakes will happen but just be ready for them be prepared for things not to go exactly right um, don't, I suppose, make the same mistake twice. Learn from that particular mistake and ensure that it, it, as much as possible doesn't happen again. Well, brilliant advice. And I tell you now, I'm, I'm telling you now before I do it, I'm going to take that social media skyscraper analogy and I think I'm going to make a <laughs> vlog out of it, but I'll give you credit. It's brilliant advice. The social media skyscraper, learn by doing and reviewing trust within your team but with also with the public and the citizen and then finally don't don't be too fearful just go and do it um bobby always a pleasure to speak to you i think you've given us loads of value today 
massive insights. Congratulations once again. Please extend my congratulations and well done to the entire team. Keep up the good work and yeah, keep doing social media for good. Thank you very much. Uh, Pleasure as always. Talk to you again, Joanne. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. As always, I have the show notes and the resources mentioned in this episode on the blog post at publicsectormarketingpros.com. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and tell one other public sector pro that you know about the Public Sector Marketing Show. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. Until next time, thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. 